raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Monday, January 16th. It is seven minutes after 11, and you're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. So the mishandling of classified documents and official records from the Obama administration era, now under investigation by a former U.S. attorney, Robert Hur. He was appointed as a special counsel on Thursday by Attorney General Merrick Garland. But a former Clinton administration advisor believes that President Biden's handling of the classified documents is doing real damage to him. And what he he hasn't announced his 24 plans officially but the timing of these documents really could influence that announcement yeah so david gergen and parker i think i screwed up a little bit on this on that audio if you could go about 20 seconds into okay you got it all right see parker's a trained professional he knows don't He's put doing the, great don't put the intro part in that nobody cares about where anderson cooper is babbling on incoherently just Bloviating get right to the question what a trained professional mm-hmm. parker's doing such a great job can we point that out he is filling in for kevin today mm-hmm. kevin went to a wedding of some sort yesterday and that's what we love about kevin is he was proactively like <laughs> i'm not gonna be in any position to work tomorrow. i'm gonna be really thirsty so, so maybe i shouldn't be here so parker did a phenomenal job on that gold star for parker we'll put that in your file david gergen who is an advisor <laughs> to bill clinton yes you're right was on talking about the dangers that biden is potentially in mm-hmm. over these documents it is always good when when you hear the same thing from a Democrat that you hear from us, take a listen. Senator former Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Charlie Dent and CNN political analyst Jackie Kucinich. She's Washington bureau chief for the Boston Globe. Uh, David Gergen, let's start with you. How big a mess is this for the Biden administration? It's very, very big, not legally, but politically. It's a very, very big deal. Um, you know, this is a president who was marching upward for the first time in his presidency. He's got his numbers up. People are feeling better about the economy. There are all sorts of reasons to believe that he could, that he can now present himself. The fears that people like me have about how old is he and can he govern well, those fears will be dissipated if he were able to stay on that track. Mm. But now along comes this. This, this this gigantic story, which was totally unexpected, and it's knocked that uh, knock for six. Yeah. The original plan. Now, but I do think that they um, that the the Biden people. I, I, they, they may be making a big mistake, Anderson. I may be wrong about this. I think they've done a wonderful job uh, being cooperative with the government. Yeah. That, and they've done it, quote, by the book, as they were saying. But I don't think sitting there hunkering down now. They're just acting like it's not out there as a, as a good strategy. They're, they're just going to have going to get cream doing. There's that. also been the drip, drip, drip of yeah. information. Some of that unpreventable because you know they didn't know a special counsel was yeah. coming, but they did know when they had the president talk about the first batch of documents that were found. Right. They'd already known that there were other ba- yes. documents found. You would think they might have just. Jump, you know, that, announce that all at once. Exactly. That's why they could have put that, put that out there. Right. And as, as matters now stand, that long delay in putting it out there is going to encourage people to believe. Well, what are they hiding? Yeah. 
And that, that's where they, I, 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 there's a temptation in every one of these kind of crises to hunger down. Mm. And it's the wrong temptation. It's the wrong temptation to listen, look, look to. You're going all the way back to Iran-Contra and other crises like that. You've just got to get the facts out. Yeah. What, these are the facts we know. There's some facts we don't know, and we'll keep you posted. Yeah, perfect. Uh, good job, Parker. So, yeah, he's right, right? The, the story here now is about who found the documents, mm-hmm. why they were looking for them, mm-hmm. why they weren't reported, uh, why it wasn't the public made aware before the election when they were mm-hmm. found, mm-hmm. and why are they in all these different locations? Yeah, well, and he said that they they tend to want to now just hunker down, right? Sure. And that people want the facts out. They don't want the facts to come out. It makes it look like they're hiding something. Well, you know why? Because they're hiding something. Yeah, that's a good point. So you think about, so Biden's been president for two years now. There's a litany of things that could have done major damage to him. And the only thing thus far before this that has done major damage to him was Afghanistan. Why? Because the press could not be in cahoots with Biden on Afghanistan. Everything else, the press, because they 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 wanted him to do well, they were cheerleading for him. They could spin, they mm-hmm. could manipulate. Uh, you know, oil prices go high, go sky high, gas goes sky high. That's not his fault. It's the war in Ukraine, inflation. That's not his fault. It's the war in Ukraine, or it's the COVID, or the mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They 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 did not spin Afghanistan, which did real damage to him, because dude, thirteen people died and mm-hmm. you were the one who told them to start coming home. It's clearly your fault. They, they can't spend their way out of that. The media here, probably because they've gotten their marching orders of, we're done defending this guy, time for grandpa to go away, mm-hmm. is not defending him on this. So when they don't, you want to talk about, when we talk about the the media, the mainstream national media being an arm of the Democrat Party, this is what we're talking about. When the media doesn't defend this guy, they don't even, have to do, even do anything to him. They're not doing anything to him. They're just not defending him. They're just reporting what they're hearing. If the media just does its job, mm-hmm. Democrats are always in trouble. The, the media doesn't do its job unless they want the Democrat to go away in this Case in point, they want Biden to go away. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's funny you mentioned that because I have it in my notes. Why did CBS and NBC change their tune? Uh, it's because the Democrat Party, they're done with Biden. And they're more afraid of DeSantis or whoever than keeping him there. But the fact that they're hunkering down because they don't want the facts out, who knows? The facts could be 100 times worse. Yes. Well, they, they probably are, and we'll see. I mean, it, de- it depends on how much he's going to fight, you know, what they actually want out of this, mm-hmm. et cetera. Now, Ilhan Omar, you may know her. She is a totally rotten to the core human who uh, hates America, <laughs> hates this country, and would love to see Israel wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, she's also a U.S. rep from Minnesota, and she also may or may not have been hooking up with her brother. You may remember Ilhan Omar for all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, – went on one of the talk shows, I think Mm -hmm. this was MSNBC, and said she's glad Mm -hmm. that a special prosecutor has been uh, put in place for Biden. Take a listen. Well, one, I'm glad that there is a special prosecutor that's been appointed to investigate. You are glad that there is a special prosecutor. Tell me why. Because anytime there is a deviance uh, in regards to security protocols that should be taken serious, it should be investigated. What I find interesting is that Republicans who have defended Trump after he literally stole 
classified documents, refused to turn them over, lied about having them, made up some story about how he declassified them, had to have his house raided in order for those documents to be found, are now only interested in investigating Biden, who has cooperated, who his own staff and former staff have themselves turned these documents in. So you have to understand, right, Republicans aren't really interested in upholding the law, in following security protocols. What they're interested in is playing a political game and now only wanting to investigate Biden. And now I had forgotten and I failed to mention, and I remember because Mock used to point this out all the time, Ilhan Omar also talks like this. (laughs) Where everything ends on a high note. Mm-hmm. Everything, it's like it goes down into the ground and then comes back up top. It's a very sing-song uh, delivery. It's something. Yeah. So the Justice Department that we found that went after parents, and they utilize it to go after people because they have different political beliefs. I mean, this is what's wrong with the government. She said that Trump stole the documents. No, he can declassify sure. stuff. So, of course, can Biden now declassify these documents that are floating around wherever they're floating around? Well, the, the, here's the, okay. So, again, the argument with Trump was, well, maybe he could, but he didn't. So, unless Biden, as president, had already declassified the documents, mm-hmm. he didn't. That didn't. That, that doesn't. That doesn't work. He's totally screwed if the media allows him to be screwed, and that's what's going to be fascinating. We're fig. I think we're starting to figure out. But you're going to figure out long term whether the media wants someone else or not, based on how mm-hmm. they continue to report and handle this investigation. <laughs> the media wants because who they're being told now to defend and who to root for. But did you see, where did Biden go this weekend? Where did he go, Casey? Well, he was in Wilmington. Of course he was! While they're searching for more documents. With his documents. and Making sure that they're not going over there or they are going over there. There's more. Hey, when we... He's overseeing the search. When we come back, we've got some great audio from Sarah Huckabee Sanders Mm -hmm. sounding off on public education. And man, we so need this here and we don't have it. Can we play that? Yep. It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the play play slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you. 19 minutes after 11, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And on her second day in office, Sarah Huckabee Sanders went all in on schools. You know, when you think of somebody named Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she looks exactly like a Sarah Huckabee Sanders would look. Well, there you go. She is Arkansas's new governor. She signed an executive order to evaluate the state's education system. And she prioritized her list, literacy, empowerment, accountability, readiness, networking, and school safety. Okay, so we're about to play some audio from her. I can't remember which show she was on. Maybe Fox News. I I can't remember. Doesn't matter. Anyway, compare and contrast what she is talking about in terms of holding the public education system accountable Mm -hmm. to our governor, High Tax Holcomb, who his state of the state was about how much 
money mm-hmm. can we throw at public education from free air quote textbooks if mm-hmm. your kids go to public schools to uh billions of more dollars to public education as a collective to billions of more dollars at te- teachers i mean well, i forget what it was five or six percent raises for teachers i mean it's just more money more resources no required accountability that comes with it and let's face it in indiana the public education system and i'm not blaming individual teachers with this i am blaming the teachers union and i am blaming the administrators and i am blaming them i'm blaming most importantly the politicians because of the stranglehold that those people have on our politicians that they have allowed them to have on them because indiana republicans are totally petrified of angry red-shirted teachers coming to the state house and saying mean things to them compare and contrast what is going on here with what you hear from sarah Huckabee Sanders. There's two sort of unique defenses in each of these cases that I'm curious your no, take no, on. No, one no, is that's right. Donald no, Trump. No, 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 that's not the right one. We need the Sarah Huckabee Sanders audio. Uh, she called education her top priority throughout her campaign, noting that about 31% of the state's third graders are reading at or above their grade level. And again, it comes back to as a politician, you have to have the want to hold people accountable. You have to have the want to stand up for what's right. You have to have the want to say, it is okay, I am okay with people who aren't gonna vote for me anyway, coming here and saying mean things about me because you people are wholly ridiculous. All right, here's uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Competition breeds success. If a, if a child is stuck in a school that is failing, that is unfair to the student. It's not about what is best for the school. It has to be about what is best for the student. And that is going to be our focus, is making sure that every child in the state of Arkansas has access to a quality education so that they can be put on a pathway to prosperity. And if we're not looking at it that way, I think we're looking at education all wrong. Hmm. Okay, so she said that her priorities were going to be kindergarten readiness, the workforce, meaning teachers, implementation of Arkansas's Right to Read Act, and here's the big one, transparency on classroom curriculum. Bingo. Yes, exactly. And, you know, as I was going down this list, it reminded me of when my daughter was in school. I mean, we had the normal worries about grades and peer pressure, and then electronics came in, something that my parents never had to deal with when I was in school and then we had to throw in school shooters and active shooter training drills on top of the tornado drills and then now let's add in another level which is the wokeism and what is the curriculum it's you know public schools are not offering a good product anymore yeah no you're right here here's a great example of what we're talking about and this is and who knows what kids got infected with because of this after the summer of love mm-hmm. uh in which cities across this country were destroyed brownsburg and again i'll mention brownsburg because that's where i live because that's what i know but i it, it similar things have happened in carmel in fishers zionsville avon fill in your favorite Central Indiana School Corporation. Mm -hmm. Brownsburg decides they're going to hire a DEI officer. And people in the community go, why are you saying that your school corporation, Mr. Superintendent and school board run by lefties is so, I guess, racist or what that you need a DEI officer? Well, in this case, why are you people there? Why have you been there all these years? Why are you making these big salaries? And if not, then what is this person doing 
Why are you hiring them? How are they being judged? In the community, if you went and spoke out against that, Mm -hmm. you were called all the things. Mm -hmm. You were all the is. And then the woman that they hired, they apparently did about seven seconds worth of research on because there was, and we played the stuff on this show and on others, of horrific things that she was saying relating to race, which was all over the internet. And then after being there for a couple months, she just poof. Disappeared. Disappeared. And- since then, as far as I know, mm-hmm. no explanation about where she went, mm-hmm. why she went, what she did while she was there, mm-hmm. how she changed corporation policy, and they haven't replaced her. So is that an admission that didn't work? Yeah. This is what we're talking about. And this happens in public education systems all across this state. Eric Holcomb and the Indiana Republicans are wimps. They're losers and they're wimps and they're cowards. And they're completely petrified of the woke mob and the teachers union. And they roll over and they play dead for these people when they need to sound like and act more like Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Okay, so in Indiana, there are 1.12 million students, K through 12. And of those, 1.03 million are enrolled in public schools. And I did a little deep dive into the Indiana Department of Education. I just wanted to look at I just wanted to look at the organizational chart Uh to see how it's broken down. So they have 43 people with three vacant slots in the IT department. Uh, oh, Oh, this is just for education. Just for education. Uh Yes. In the nutrition department, there's 38 people. The legal department. The nutrition department. The nutrition department, 38 people. In legal, there's 10. In external affairs, there's 12 people with three open vacancies. Academics. uh, Oh, big. It's school. Right. Academics, right? This should be the biggest category. It is. There are 60 people represented in the organizational chart. For academics. But what do they do? Seven are vacant. What do they do? But here's the shocker, Rob. Wait for it. The finance department has 58 people. (laughs) Academics has 60. Finance has 58. And keep in mind, when we talk Department of Education now, we're talking about Governor Eric Holcomb because he and his weak Republican cronies in the General Assembly stole your right to vote on the Department of Education because they didn't like the person that they backed in 2016 in Jennifer McCormick because they were all on board with her and they totally torpedoed the conservative who was running. And then once she got in there and what a shock was a radical lefty like Anybody who was paying attention tried to tell people during convention, well, their response was, we can't have any sort of independent thought, so we're just going to take away your ability to vote for it. This is what is going on. The Republicans have been in charge of education in this state, either holding the legislature, the governor's office, or the superintendent's office for more than 30 years. It's no different than the secretary of state. If there's something wrong with elections, it's the fault of the Republicans. If there's something wrong with education, it's the fault of the Republicans. The Republicans in this state are very, very weak, pathetic people. And if you look at the new budget, what is their response? It's the same response it always is. More money to it. Here Catch. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being very weak and pathetic people, <laughs> uh, remember several weeks ago when we had the fine farmers mm-hmm. out in Lebanon? Uh, Jim and Kim, right? Jim and Kim. Mm-hmm. Jim and Kim Love, who were part of a group of people who the state is essentially strong arming these farmers into selling their land. 
They don't exactly know why. Mm -hmm. They're trying to annex it to Lebanon. Yes. So that Holcomb can, I guess, we again, we don't know why because, you know, there's certainly no transparency going on here. Give this land away, sweetheart deals to his big buddy cronies. Well, they are suing now. Uh, the group of farmers are now suing the city of Lebanon. Mm -hmm. And so we are going to have Jim and Kim Love back on with us when we come back to talk about how very terribly they're being treated by our loser governor and the loser mayor of Lebanon. All right, we're going to head to Boone County next from 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Several weeks ago when we had uh, Jim and Kim Love on our show. Mm-hmm. And they are the farmers out in Boone County. Yeah. And they were telling us how our uh, pal, old, uh, old high-tax Holcomb and the state of Indiana has been pressuring farm owners out there to sell their farmland basically mm-hmm. saying well you might as well sell it to us because if you if you don't sell it to us well we're going to come in and take it from you i mean they're not saying that directly but that's what they're they're implying and then they had to they had a big hearing with the city of lebanon where that couldn't take place unless they were annexed into the city of lebanon and then they came on here and told us all the reasons they shouldn't be and then city of lebanon just totally ignored all those reasons remember that yes i do okay so that's where we're at with that and now the good news is they're not taking that lying down a whole bunch of those farm owners out there are suing the city of lebanon now it turns out over this annexation so i thought well anytime we can make life more difficult for eric holcomb or the total zero mayor of lebanon matt gentry out there i say let's do it so what do you say let's bring kim and jim love back onto the show they join us down on the drive hubler.com hotline guys did i pretty much summarize all of that correctly Yes, you did. Yeah, the, there's a group of uh, concerned citizens who feel like the annexation wasn't done in accordance with uh, Lebanon's rules. And so they have challenged that annexation and said, hey, we're not annexed in and we don't we're not sure that the ground around us that you annexed in was done properly. So we'll see how that uh, turns out when the courts have a chance to evaluate how this is all taking place. Now, it was a colossal amount of land, right? I mean, in terms of what Holcomb and the state is buying up and in terms of this annexation, can you remind us what we're talking about here? The annex, the last annexation that is being uh, challenged was for 5,500 acres. And the total amount of land that the state of Indiana is trying to buy up, though, was way more than that, right? Uh, yeah, the goalpost keeps moving. You know, it started at about seven, and now they, they banter around about 10,000 acres uh, or pretty 11. frequently. So uh, the, it's kind of like a kid in a candy store. The more candy you put in their bag, the more they want. 
And and again, Jim and Kim Love are our guests. They're uh, farmers out in Boone County. We're talking about this massive land grab involving the state of Indiana and their annexation into the city of Lebanon. Do you guys still have any idea what they intend to do? I think that's the biggest concern for a lot of people is, look, our tax dollars are being used to buy up all this land. They're making miserable life miserable for people uh, like you who don't want to sell. They're in many ways strong-arming, or at least the perceptions are strong-arming farmers. Do you guys have any idea what the state intends to do or the city intends to do with all of that property? Well, right now it looks like the main goal to, to use it is to uh, for corporate welfare. And right now one of the things that we're working on, and we worked on all day Saturday, is they're trying to give three-quarters of a mile of road to Eli Lilly and close down a road that is a is a main artery north to south here in the north end of Boone County, um, and against everyone's wishes, whether it's cyclists or farmers or people on uh, you know old people driving cars that want a slow place to drive, they're, they've decided that this road should be closed. Even though Lilly's plant doesn't need it closed, they just want it closed so that they can have this big pasture and a, and a, a pond so they can virtue signal to people on I sixty five that that they're wholesome. So right now there there's a group of people that are trying to give away a 150 to 200 year old road that gets used by tons of people and so we're back to the drawing board trying to get people to get motivated to say hey we need that road and and for one thing is it's my opinion that that road's not mine to give away nor is it a bunch of uh, out of town city planners and people who just moved to the community it's not their road either so it sounds to me like at this point it's at a Boone County judge's hands. Is that correct to decide if it's legal what they're doing? Yes. Yeah. That's and right now I think that's all still being hashed out. I believe um, that they're going to try to figure out who's going to hear the case. And look, there are look annexations happen all the time. I was a part of some. for corporate welfare. And right now, one of the things that we're working on, and we worked on all day Saturday, is they're trying to give three quarters of a mile of road to Eli Lilly and close down a road that is a is a main artery north to south here in the north end of Boone County. Um, and against everyone's wishes, whether it's cyclists or farmers or people on, uh, you know, old people driving cars that want a slow place to drive, they're, they've decided that this road should be closed, even though Lily's plant doesn't need it closed. They just want it closed so that they can have this big pasture and a, and a, a pond so they can virtue signal to people on I-65 that, that they're wholesome. So right now, there there's a group of people that are trying to give away a 150- to 200-year-old road that gets used by tons of people. And so we're back to the drawing board trying to get people to get motivated to say, hey, we need that road. And, and for one thing, it's, it's my opinion that that road's not mine to give away, nor is it a bunch of uh, out-of-town city planners and people who just moved to the community. It's not their road either. So it sounds to me like at this point, it's at a Boone County judge's hands. Is that correct? To decide if it's legal what they're doing? Yes. Yeah. That's And right now, I think that's all still being hashed out, I believe, um, that they're going to try to figure out who's going to hear the case. And look, there are, look, annexations happen all the time. I was a part of some of them when I was uh, an elected official, and and there are merits behind annexations. But again, I want to come back to, and Kim and Jim Love are our guests. They're farmers out in Boone County who are having their, their land annexed into the, the city of Lebanon uh, for state projects. We don't know what those state projects are. That's the biggest thing, right? There is no clear, we're doing this because. The state has been super 
uh, just super shady in terms of the transparency about this whole thing. And if there was some great, colossal, large project that's going to benefit all of society, you'd think they'd be telling everybody about it. Yeah, they claim it's a tech park. That That's the, the moniker that they've put upon it is that it's a big tech park. But the reality of it is they're just trying to attract heavy manufacturing and a lot of the things that they banter around about that they're trying to attract are uh, high high environmental uh, resource use high impact uh, high potential for runoff waste pollution it's not really a tech park it's just that they're trying to attract uh, heavy manufacturing and right now they've got a fancy advertisement where they're trying to sell land they don't even own which is also seems incredibly shady uh, have you had any conversations with Matt Gentry, the mayor of Lebanon? Now, I assume if you did, it would be the equivalent of ramming your head into this wall that I'm looking at here. But have you talked to him at all and said, dude, do you even know what it is? And if so, could you tell us? Whenever we contact or speak directly with the local government, no matter whether it's the mayor or somebody underneath him, they will always tell us they're not sure. We don't really know. <laughs> but in reality, they're doing things they know ahead of time to make these things go through, such as this road closure. And they, they've they started work on it way before they'll even tell us that it's happening. So and then they tell us they don't know, really? So Todd Houston, the Speaker of the House of Indiana, is speaking out publicly about this, but you have not heard directly from him. Oh, no, no. he's Yeah, I saw him beating, uh, beating Holcomb's drum about how it's going to mm-hmm. be great to have all this land put together. Um, yeah, that, that swamp's deep, and, uh, and everybody's pretty well uh, getting behind this project, regardless of whose lives it destroys, or really regardless of whether they even have any end users. But uh, at this point... As long as taxpayers are paying taxes, they have a, a big, th- big fat piggy bank to play out of. Well, I want to come back to what you said earlier, though, Jim and Kim, about your interaction with the city of, of Lebanon. Matt Gentry is the mayor out there that that they're trying to tell you. So they're so into Matt Gentry. And look, he's a total political stooge and people who know him and his family history understand that. But he's so into doing the bidding of the governor that they're trying to claim they're annexing all this property into the town and they have no idea or into the city and they have no idea what it's going for that they are these local politicos are so at the behest of the governor that they'll just do whatever he says without the city who these businesses will be in the city they don't even have any idea what it is right they haven't sold it to the any of these companies yet besides eli Lilly. eli Lilly's the only one that has stepped up and said we want to come now they haven't forked over any money So, therefore, our county won't be getting any taxes on the land that they've purchased for this year. But they are the only company that has claimed a a certain parcel of land. And and this is – go ahead, Jim. Except for drawings, Lily hasn't got any investment in this. They have not paid IEDC or or we as taxpayers. They haven't paid us back for the land that has been purchased for them. They've they've stonewalled the utilities, even though the utilities said, "Hey, it's going to going to cost this many dollars to put in temp service to you, so you can get started building. We need you to cut a check, just like you would have to if you build a home." Well, they won't do that either, and so they've not given the utilities any money. So they basically are expecting the, the people of Boone County to provide uh, welfare enough for 
Eli Lilly so they can come in here and build their factory. Well, and this is what, Casey, you know, we talk about this all the time, where Holcomb comes out and the Republicans come out in the legislature and act like, well, you know, we'd, uh, we'd love to help you out with those skyrocketing property taxes, but man, you know, there's just, there's no money. I mean, we're talking, what, at this point, it's got to be hundreds of millions of dollars they found to throw into this project, which they're not even telling the public what it's going to be. So there's all this money for this, but when it comes to actually helping people be able to stay in their homes, there's absolutely nothing. Oh, you're 100% right. You know, they're not using this money to pay teachers or build schools. They're using this money to uh, to pad the wallets of a bunch of corporations and make life easier for them um, on the backs of the citizens, both from a standpoint of cost as well as inconvenience, because they're more than happy to displace a bunch of people and burn their homes down so that some uh, foreign car company can come in here and build an EV plant and everybody can feel real virtuous about it. Okay. Uh, I to- Look, I totally want you guys to win. Uh, I- 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 look, I'm on your side, period, but anytime Holcomb or Matt Gentry lose, we all win. Uh, so what what can people do? Where are we at now? What This is the important thing. What can people do if they're interested in helping you guys? So the call to arms right now is tomorrow night, on Tuesday at 7 p.m. at the city building is going to be the first reading of this road closure event. And so this road closure, we need to get stopped. We need this is a horrible precedent to set to let the county and state, well, mainly the state and the city, come in to decide which roads roads are winners and which roads are losers and chop our community up, making it hard for people to get around, hard for EMS groups, just an overall bad precedent. So folks need to come to that meeting, tell their story, talk about why they use that road and how that road's important to them and been impactful and help us uh, help them get this thing uh, curbed. All right. Uh, Jim and Kim Love, good luck. Keep us posted. Uh, hope it goes well for you. Thanks, Rob. We all appreciate all your help. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 11.52. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So this guy criticized Saturday Night Live back in 2016. He said they were becoming too supportive of Hillary Clinton. Actor and comedian Rob Schneider, he was dishing about concerns in America and the political divide that is pinning American against American. And he was talking with Brian Kilmeade from Fox News on One Nation, and he said, uh, don't be afraid to speak up when it comes to controversial issues. Yeah, so here is a little bit of Rob Schneider. Uh, He was on Fox News talking uh, about speaking out against the Biden administration and being Mm -hmm. a guy, you know, who's gone from funny man to a dude who on certainly on social media, at least, and I believe in his live shows, not afraid to bring the heat on politics. At a few of the shows leading up to this, that at this point in your career, you've had enough success. You said, I'm going to come out and you care about the country most. And you said, hey, when it comes to politics, I can't buy what this administration is selling. How tough was that decision? Well, you know, the easy when you have little kids and you start thinking about, well, I got a good nest egg for them to take care of them financially. But then like, what na- what does that matter if the country that they they live in where like, you know, you have a guy, a president wins at midnight, three o'clock in the morning, he loses. You know? Right. And so. Uh, at, a, at a certain point, you have to think, well, what are you really leaving behind? If people, enough people will just say enough of this. And and, and it's not just the Democrats. It's the Republicans, too, because they don't want to give up that power either. And so you really have to, I, I think, um, make, uh, make a case for uh, a return to um, normal 
the normal hatred that we have in our government with all the branches are competitive. Yeah. Yes. Make it make it at least fair where a fairer and, and it's it's not going to be a perfect system. This, this is a you know, this constitutional republic that we have. It's not fair. Right. It's not going to be fair for everybody, but it is a better system. And, and all you have to do is look around to see what's happening in Europe and China. And you go like, you know what? It's still really darn good here. But I, I think I do think we have to stop the encroachment of some sort of authoritarianism, which uh, is happening now. I'll give you. So this is where we are. When the making copies guy is making more sense than the politicians, right? You can do it! Well, but he raises a great point in which is, and we've talked about this a lot, until people are willing to stand up for what they believe in, even if it means they lose something in the process. Mm -hmm. And most people still right now are not willing to lose something in the process, whether it's money, fame, Mm -hmm. opportunities, whatever then we as a society will all lose. And you can say what you want about this show, but one thing you can't say is we don't say exactly what we think every single day. And I think this show has proven you can speak the truth and you can still be successful. We People like us because we don't pull any punches, we have no favorites, and we're going to tell you exactly what we see is happening, whether it's local issues, national issues, whatever. More people need to start doing this, and they need to start doing this with their politicians. By the way, Rob Schneider's going to be in Indiana. He'll be at the Hammond Horseshoe Casino on February 11th. Rob Schneider and friends. And it's MLK Day, so we're going to end the show with a quote today from Martin Luther King Jr. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Thank you, Rob. Good job, Parker. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.